Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. The Sell Better Daily Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. We're going to talk about this with the man, the myth, the sales rapper himself. I first knew that Ding had it dialed in when I saw him riding around a golf cart at a Saster event, freestyling to all of the tech and booths and friends of his that he was passing by at this event. If you have not seen this video, I'm going to drop it in the chat for you. It's a, it's a good one. Go watch it when you get the opportunity because you can really get a feel for how good he is on the music side. Before we dive in, I want you guys to scan this QR code and check us out at sellbetter.xyz. While you're online, go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the Sell Better channel. You'll get a lot of highlights and a big thank you to our partners, Vidyard, JB Sales, my man John Barrow's over there, and Zoom Info. Uh, these guys are the best people to work with and the best products in the business that can help you scale your business. Uh, we want to give you some things that we know are effective every day when you come to the show. So we are giving you three power plays to do one thing and one thing only. Change leads into booked meetings. That is the first big chasm that we have to cross. So these three power plays that we just put in the chat are for you. Go on and get those power plays. Those are great things to have in your back pocket as you move forward. Shout out to you for coming to the show. That's for you. Here's what you're going to get today. Tips to create content that actually drives action. We need that in our lives. If it doesn't get people to do something, what the hell is the point, right? Uh, conference strategies. You've never seen somebody work a conference like Ding. He's going to show you some good stuff. And I'll show you some things that I've been doing at conferences for years that work for me. And then stepping out of your comfort zone. How do we do it? What makes us good at it? Uh, how did Ding get good at what he's doing? And why does it matter so much? Uh, all right, let's take a look at who's in the room. Bam. No surprises here, Ding. We got a lot of SDRs in the room. I think this is where creativity really took a big step forward for me and for you, right? Because you were looking for ways to be creative to break into these accounts that you were trying to sell to. So shout out for the SDRs coming in and trying to get that creative bone sparked. Uh, if you have questions, throw them in the Q&A because we're going to leave time Talk to me about your creative process. Uh, so Ding creates like fully produced music videos. We're going to show you some examples and you'll see some examples inside those links that we put for you in the chat. So make sure you're going and taking a look at those. Uh, the SDRs that are in the room, talk to me about the creative process for breaking into new accounts. Run me through how you would prospect a new account, Ding. Absolutely, James. So I've been creating for a long time. I've been, I've been, I've been doing sales for a number of years as well. And the, the most important thing about doing creative for sales versus doing straight up creative is that you have to be very intentional. Uh, you must do your research and you have to make your creative very relevant. Uh, you can have the best looking video of all time, but if it's about purple frogs and you sell IOT, the purple frogs aren't going to help you, help you out very much. <laughs> Even if those purple frogs are connected to Alexa and will tell you how the weather is this morning when I get out of the shower? I mean, if if the purple frogs can do digital transformation, maybe, but uh, I don't know too many purple frogs that, uh, <laughs> that are enabled as such. What's the entertainment value for folks that are getting hundreds and hundreds of emails a day? You know, I just, I just posted about this uh, before we hopped on here on Instagram. And I said, if every decision maker responded to every email or took every call from every rep, they would never actually get any work done. So the aim, I think, is to be different, 
but different, you know, big quotes there. Uh, let me get a one in the chat. If all of your leaders right now are saying be different, but not giving you any direction as to how that looks, what that looks like, what do you mean when you say be different? Uh, so talk to me about the entertainment value, Ding. Certainly. I think a, a mindset shift for me in terms of using entertainment in sales and marketing is that the realization that our sales messaging outreach is not really competing with other companies' sales outreach and messaging. What we're really competing with is device usage time. Mm. So, uh, you know, people are on LinkedIn on their phones, they're on Twitter, they're watching videos on YouTube, what have you, a, a variety of these different platforms. That is really what we're competing with. When you send someone a message asking them to buy something, there's a million other distractions on their phone beyond just work. There's their Slack, their their own email, internal stuff that that you have to deal with. Yeah. So, so that's where the entertainment piece comes in is what you're really fighting for is screen time and watch time. Uh, you you want to get someone to care enough to take a step back from their day and listen to your message of how you can help them. And the best way to do that is to create an original, highly engaging piece of content because we're all humans and we all like to be entertained. Entertainment is something that I found to work the best. It's true. Uh, you know, we call it edutainment, right? I'm like educating you, but also entertaining you through this process with creation of the show. You're doing the same thing in the form of music videos, right? And I'm always reminded of like how much I took away from MTV when it first hit the scene in the 80s. Yes, I was around in the 80s when MTV hit. Uh, it, you couldn't look away, right? You were glued to it and you were constantly absorbing music videos uh, that were around. Some of you that dropped some of your favorite rappers you know, I know that you remember those videos because you saw them all, right? The same thing is happening when Ding is sending you a music video. Uh, I want to hover over the calls to action because I, when you and I talked about this, I think we have this tendency to distract from the asset itself by putting these calls to action in the wrong place. Talk to me about the two ways that you look at calls to action in your creative outreach. Yeah, certainly. And I, I love this graphic right here. So the, the two parts is one, you want to make sure that one, you're doing a right ask and two, you, you deliver it in a soft ask. Uh, you know, typically at the point where we're sending content out in, in creative campaigns is you haven't really earned the right to make a huge ask, like a 30 minute call, like a, like a discovery call or, or even a product demo, right? You, you're just too early. Uh, and you want to make sure that you're able to, to get a bit more information from your prospect. Uh, so, so, uh, you know, the ask in the video is going to be different than the ask in the email, getting someone to, to watch the video. So yeah. the, the biggest challenge, but also the most important piece of using creative video in any type of sales outreach is you want to optimize for the open rate. That's really the, 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 the metric that makes or breaks a strategy like this. And, uh, you know, sometimes what I see a mistake that people do is they'll spend a ton of time, energy, and effort making a, an amazingly personalized, entertaining, creative sales video. And then in, you know, the, the, the text that they send over that have three calls to action, like book a meeting with us, you know, schedule some time here, check out a virtual demo, and then also watch the video. Yeah. And then when you confuse the, you know, you give them the, the paralysis by choice. So make it very simple for them. The, the way I do it is in any of that messaging, I only ask for the open of the video. 
Because if, if you've done your job well in the creative asset, you can make your second CTA ask after showing personalization, after showing relevance, after showing understanding of their business and, and providing some entertainment value. Then you make a harder ask. But the, the first ask is, is should only be to, to get the wash and open. I appreciate that. And I think that the text leading them to the asset is what is the goal, not schedule a call. But sometimes we have, I've seen it where it's like baked into the signatures. And even that can sometimes cause some confusion or even some like distaste in the receiver. So while we give you an example of this, because I'm about to ask a question about which platforms that you send these things on and what you find to be effective in email versus LinkedIn or social in general, Uh, But I want to ask this question from the audience, and uh, I'm interested to see what comes into the chat for this as well. So if you have other as your answer, uh, please put something in the chat. I'd love to know what your most creative thing that you've done for your your prospects is. Uh, These messages that you're sending that are creative and different and require uh, creation and a post-production process behind it and everything seems like a really heavy list or or lift rather. Uh, Email and LinkedIn has to look a little bit different. Uh, what's the big differences that are worth noting between these two messages? And I'll pull up an example that you sent us about, which describes exactly what you're, you were just saying about the text and where it points people. Talk to me about the way these look a little bit different. Email and text. Is, yeah. You really break it down by what the native platforms look like. So emails are pretty straightforward. You have your your titles, uh, and then your body text. And all you want to optimize with the title is you want something that doesn't look like a business email and doesn't look like a sales email. It doesn't look like a marketing email. So we don't trigger what our, what our, our good buddy will all read because the, the mental spam filter. Uh, if you get a, an email that says rap song about your company, you know, it's that completely breaks the pattern of expectation of, of, of someone who's in business and, and sees what's this is a rap video personalized towards me. So, so that once you get that initial pattern interrupt, your body text should only optimize for that one outcome. Yeah. Which is again, to get that open. So very simple copy, the shorter, the better. Uh, and, and the most important thing to remember here is do not sell, do not talk about the value prop of your product. Do not talk about benefits or potential problems because then you look like a sales email again. Yeah. The moment that we start using language that is indicative of salespeople. Yeah. What's the point of the email then? Thank you, David. David Meyerson chiming in here. Uh, okay. So, Ding, let's talk about that. Let's hover right there. Uh, let me get a two in the chat. If you're supportive of David's question that's in the chat, you want to know what's the point. I'm going to send this great creative thing. All right, Ding. Here's where you shine, brother. Okay, so you sent me a rap video, or you sent someone a rap video, and they watched it. What is the point of it if I'm not going to ask for time or feedback, et cetera? Yeah, well, to simply put that, there's no point if, if you're not you know, leveraging it to, to create uh, you know, a next step, a, a, another sales, a quantifiable difference. Yeah. Uh, I think to answer the question of, of why email, you know, that, that goes back to, to our earlier point, email, it's just a channel of distribution. Okay. So normally when, when people hear content or they, they think of video, you know, they immediately go towards 
these social and content platforms, video hosting sites, they're thinking YouTube, TikTok, and whatnot. But these videos are not made for a general audience, right? They're typically done at the account level. Uh, once you know you're, you're reasonably sure there's either a, a solid opportunity there, or there you know you already have an opportunity there, and you want to you want to build consensus at the the buyer organization more quickly by creating a viral asset for internal eyes. Mm. I, I agree with you, and I think a lot of the folks that are in here have some good points. Larry says they'll recognize you. Um, good question from Madeline. Do you, you know? Do you thread off of this email? I think obviously you would thread off of the email if you didn't get a reply or a thank you or something like that. Or hey, this is really creative. Thanks for shooting it my way. Uh, but also, you mentioned something before we talk about the way these things look and feel on LinkedIn because they feel different in email. Uh, you said something to me about the time that you spend putting these things together. It might feel like a heavy lift because there's edits and post-production and audio quality and many things behind this one touch that you're putting in. And we are noted, and let me know in the chat, yes or no, have you heard me say it's part of an overall contact strategy, not this one touch. I say this all the time, but this one touch, this specific touch that's extremely account-based, it's very unique. It does take a heavier lift. It's got to be worth it, right? You see the results. Uh, you posted about you know, developing X hundred thousand dollars, making X hundred thousand dollars, creating rap videos. So it's got to be worth it. Yeah. And, and, and I would say like most, most good strategies, you, you have to be strategic with it, right? It, it's not like this is a silver bullet that for, for any potential deal is, is guaranteed to work. Uh, typically we are working with sales teams uh, to, to identify, you know, accounts that have, you know, high open rates, high prior conversations, some minimum level of buy-in. And then it's, it's a, you know, stri strategic priority accounts list, right? I, I wouldn't do this for, for X company out there that has not picked up your calls for the past six months. Right. right. That feels a little bit different, definitely. Um, some good points in here. I see a lot of good questions flowing through the chat. It gets buried. Uh, if you have a question, please put it in the Q&A. If it's relevant to what we're talking about right now, I'll answer it right now. Uh, but I might leave some time at the end. You know, I remember attaching music to my sales process when I came up with you know, hip-hop and sales. That was like a big catalyst for me. And I realized, man, so many people that are in leadership roles, they have experience with hip-hop. They grew up in it, right? It's like a big macro thing that people are attached to. Uh, before we move on, I want to give you guys some examples. So I'm going to put this link in the chat. I want you guys to go watch this when you get a chance. This is some good examples of what Ding and his partners are doing over there uh, to create these videos. If you want to see real examples that when he says they're account specific, that is what they look like right there. Uh, all right, let's move on because I want to talk about something specific that you do very well. Uh, let me get a, uh, let me tell you the number of events you've been to this year so far. How many events, how many conferences have you been to so far in 2023? Let me know in the chat and look at some of these answers right here, Ding. We got a lot of music video folks, gifts, a lot of people doing gifting, right? Uh, the stuff that was in the chat was pretty funny coming through. Uh, gain the trust. Uh, let's, let's look at some of the things that were in the chat telegrams, bobbleheads, <laughs> right? Uh, running a marathon. So you send him carps. I love that. <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff right here. You guys have been pretty creative so far. I love it. Uh, all right. Good things. All right. Um, 
Talk to me about events, conferences. A lot of people saying they've been to six and two and five conferences. Uh, talk to me about getting creative at conferences. How is it that you capture attention and then keep the momentum going for follow-up? Well, so James, uh, I, I'm a big fan of show, don't tell here. And one of the things that I do at conferences is for uh, for marketing activation purposes, I am a freestyle rapper. I don't know if y'all have watched maybe Harry Max videos out there. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of a streamer myself, as you can see by the setup here. So uh, I have a way if James will let me, where I could play some beats here into our call. Let's make the magic, freestyle. buddy. Let's show him what you got. You can't have this show without showing him what you got. Hey, if y'all have never heard this man freestyle, get ready, buckle in. <laughs> All right, chat. This is going to be an interactive exercise. I'm going to play a beat here on my end, and I want you to go into the Zoom chat and type in words that you want to see me incorporate live into the freestyle. So this is a collaborative effort here. You know, give me sales terminology. Give me some fun words. Switch it up on me. But let's get that beat rolling. Hey, I'm playing along. Let's go, y'all. We got to get some good stuff. There we go. All right. Sound check. We hear the... There we go. Uh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a long intro. Look, it's no stalling. Sending out contracts, doing cold calling. Yeah, high price, we ain't low balling. Look, I'ma show off. Please don't ghost dog, or we gonna get ready for combat. Yeah, rags to riches did in the contracts. Look, and I'm tired, quick. What's my macro environment? Yeah, <laughs> let's chase it. You had in placement and now pacement. And then now I got a new cadence. Yeah, I don't know who I should talk to. I couldn't hear your voice because you're on mute. Yeah, I'm top two and I'm not two. Look, and I'm mystical. I'm like the Loch Ness. Yo, what's your paper process? Who's got a sign on the line? Yeah, I got a rhyme with my mind. Look, uh, so many papers that I might just drown. Yeah, can we loop back around? Can we set a next step two weeks out? Yeah, and I don't have no weak cloud. I'm just on the cloud doing what I tweet about. Yeah, and it's reset. My sales results are decent because I'm sitting out the sequence. I'm doing social sellers. Yeah, Christmas is coming. I got on a new sweater. I'm with sell better because I want to sell better. Yeah, <laughs> put it off the effort. <laughs> Yo, can you imagine like being at an event and coming around a corner and seeing homie standing there with this microphone throwing these lyrics out as like a marketer or even somebody that's just interested in that creative bone? I feel like you would stop, take note, maybe even pull your phone out, grab a picture you know, throw it on the channel. Do you guys understand the magnetism that he's describing when he does this at an event? It's better than standing behind the booth, hoping that the right person comes by, attract them. Uh, and it's a, it's incredible stuff, man. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, I, all right. So I want to give you guys uh, some good stuff about the structure of these events, the way that he does it, because he's out there, he's doing it. And then at night, something else happens, right? They remember him at the events that he shows up with after the conference. Bing, you said it. It does not end at 5.30. Talk to me. What's going on behind the scenes that no one knows about that you can share with everyone today? 
I think with conferences, a lot of newer reps that uh, something that that people take for granted is that people don't go to conferences to get sold by you. You know, most most people would go to conferences to. A lot of the exhibitors that that you go outbound and you go to their booths and you talk to, you know, they have a lead metric the same way that you do. They they have opportunity, uh, you know, expectations that you do as well. So, yep. so it doesn't behoove anyone when, when two sides are, are, are both trying to sell each other during the day and, and you know, you're, you're getting not really any kit <laughs> real. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's the, it's the show me yours and I'll show you mine and then nothing goes anywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, where I've gotten the most out of in-person events, conferences has been, you know, the connections that I've made sure. after the workday. Uh, and at night, but, but it can also be tough to, to, to go up to someone, you know, later at night, not a lot of context. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of people mingling around and you want to feel like, you know, you have a, a good reason to be having a conversation. So an easy way you could do that is during the day, you know, you try and meet people by name, get a face, face to the name, get some, become recognizable, right. D- delight, entertain people, what have you. And then at night, loop back around and you have that deeper conversation. I, I think it's all happening later. And that's the thing that we don't understand. Nobody's buying from you at the booth, right? Uh, if you set it up that way, fine. You probably could close a few deals at an event, meeting some folks in person that you're on, you know, the last leg with. But nobody brand new is coming to your booth for a demo, standing there for 25 minutes and going, I'll take it. Give me a hundred seats. It's very unlikely that that is happening. Right. Instead, meet them after the fact and you've made an impression. And once you make that first impression, you earn the right for a deeper conversation. I want to give another strategy. I'm going to pull this this slide. I'm very happy about this one uh, because you do this and I do this and this works so well. Shout out to Christopher Lawrence, who is actually in the room with me. He's in the middle right there. Uh, him and I link up. Uh, it's great times meeting people that you actually are connected with on LinkedIn when you're at these events. Uh, I do this all the time. Talk to me about your selfie game. And the the selfie game—that's what it's all about. Because, uh, you know, how many times have you gotten someone's number or their contact at an in-person event, and then you're you're sat there struggling, like, oh, what what should I send them? And then and then you're, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll message them later. And then it's a couple a couple of days to pass, and then with each passing day, it's more awkward. You don't have a great compelling reason to to reach out other than. You might be a lead, so so let me see if I can go get a deal out of you. Yeah, and then take a selfie when when you document that that moment. What what you're really doing is you give yourself content, and you just gave yourself an asset to to reach out and, and right. follow up with a compelling reason, something tangible. Yeah, I like sending the selfie in an email. That's always helpful for me because it's like, hey, remember me? We met, right? Like like how could you forget me? I make an impression. That's what I do. It's literally my job. Right. So for me, what I do is I do this thing where I take the selfie when I meet them and then I go, what's your cell? I'll send it to you. And then I save their, their selfie as their profile picture in my phone. I always know where I met them. I always remember their facial. I know who the hell this person is. I know where I, I talked to them last. It's an easy thing for you to do that will help them. And if they ever decide to call you back, you're like, oh, what's up, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Of course I remember you. We met at that conference. I have a picture of you on my phone. Like, you remember them. And that is a much warmer conversation. Tell me the most common mistake 
that you see people in conferences make that you've learned from yourself firsthand? Common mistakes, there, there's a couple. I think uh, one of the the worst mistakes that I see is is what I call, you know, stand behind the booth and twiddle your thumbs. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's not gonna gonna do very much. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, people are at these events uh, and, and and they're in cell, they're in cell mode. So there's very few people uh, that that will come up to your booth and, and be like, "Oh, I want a demo and I want to buy." So so you have to be proactive. Uh, I I like to call call this playing offense at events. Uh, you want to 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 proactively go out, right? It, it's very much like you know, you're, you're remote and, and doing prospecting, uh, you know, you're in person, you're, you know, it's almost like you're door knocking, right? Get up in, in, in people's spot, uh, in a friendly way, of course, right? Uh, don't be, don't be rude or weird. I was a, uh, door knocker, man. And I, I will tell you that my door knocking experience helped prepare me for the event space. Uh, I door knocked residential and I was B2B door to door. Uh, so I did both. And I'll tell you that, uh, when it comes to like breaking into a crowd of people, door knocking experience becomes quite handy because you lose that fear very quickly. And now I tell people all the time, like whatever that fear is of like public speaking and meeting somebody new that makes people uncomfortable. I think I was born without that. Or I just worked at it so hard that it became so distant that I don't pay any attention to it. For you, it's been quite a journey as well. And I think a lot of times it takes time for us to step out of our comfort zone to do things like what you do. Great question from Chris right here. Uh, before I ask you this question, I'll ask this question from Chris. Throw your questions in the Q&A for Ding. Uh, how many of these videos do you create a week and how much time does one video take? And then there's a follow-up question here, but I'll pause right there and let you answer that one first. Yeah, so so for my own outreach, you know, with with the the videography agency and I'm not sure right here. That's that's another thing that I work on. Uh, so we you know we eat our own dog food. So I'm sending out, you know, let's say anywhere from five to ten uh, personalized videos. Not all of them are songs. Some of them, you know, especially when you have uh, something that's warm or, or something that 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 you know, you know, not every touch has to be a hundred percent create. And that that's that's something else I wanted to add uh, as well. Right? Is you know, vary the types of videos, the type of effort. Uh, that you put in in each video. Not everything has to be a Hollywood production. Yeah. So you, what you're saying there is that you are actually doing the standard touches that other people do, but you're also peppering in these highly personalized, well-produced touches that let your person know, I put time into this. Uh, I always say that I heard a CEO say once, it stuck with me forever. If you want 10 minutes of my time, show me that you gave me five first. I think what you're doing is saying like, yo, I'm putting the effort in. I'm putting the time in. I'm not just some rando person that has you in some auto sequence with the robots reaching out to you, right? <laughs> uh, but tell, tell me about your uh, music journey, man. Uh, like, you know, this this has been a long journey for you and it, it didn't come overnight. And you said there was a whole process that you went through where this became second nature to you. It's for my music journey. So I started rapping. My first uh, My first song I made about 15 years ago. So a decade and a half of doing music and roughly about 10 years in into it, I was graduating college and 
you know, had my last hurrah. Oh, I got to make rap work now. It's got to become financially viable. Otherwise I got to quit. So, so it, it didn't end up making money the first go around and, and I yeah. actually quit doing music. Uh, when I came out of school, that's when I went into sales, uh, ended up becoming the Mandarin translator for Yelp, which I'm sure many of you have, have used that app before. And, uh, funny you mentioned door knocking. There was a point in, in my Yelp tenure where I was the, the Boston field rep. And so I, so I did a lot of door to door B2B sales, uh, you know, had my jacket on walking around with an iPad thinking I was hot shit. Uh, <laughs> but, but I will say I didn't start freestyling until after I, I had started in sales. And one of the reasons for that is, uh, I, I never had a lot of onstage performance experience prior to, to the first time I quit music and, uh, you know, through sales, I, I would, would lead standups, you know, in end of quarter, end of the month. Uh, you know, be in front on the floor, trying to rally, rally the whole floor. So that was really my first, you know, large audience on stage type of experience. Uh, and, and then I, I, I took that and, 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 and with the cold calling as well, getting over the fear of the unknown, uh, on cold calling, I took those experiences and, and then I brought them to the park with me where, you know, we would would be in New York City at Washington Square Park, have about 20 people all ciphering, spitting freestyles back and forth with a speaker in a bucket. And and that was really from sales is where I got the courage, the the uh, the tenacity to, to go head first into failure. There's a great energy shared between those experiences, man. I like that marriage that you found that makes you uh, who you are as a unique individual. Uh, but, you know, you're still data backed. And I think that's something that most sales reps drop the ball on, right? They make decisions without looking at the data. And you say, in order to be confident, you have to you have to know the data that supports what you're about to create. And you've done the math. You've seen the return. So it's hard for you to look away now, now that your eyes are open. I like that part of the journey. The second part of Chris's question here is, what do others in your position do uh, when something that creative isn't an option anymore? I'm curious what what you mean by isn't an option anymore. I mean, you know, there's certainly, I'd say, a time and place in industry for for a lot of this stuff. Uh, I saw someone had a, a comment earlier. You know, how would this work in medical and in, in more traditional fields? Uh, listen, I'm I'm not here to say that my method is is the best, most universal way across all industries. There are going to be industries out there um, where, you know, maybe the more conventional golf approach works better, right? But yeah. Maybe drop-ins is, is working better. Right. That, that's all dependent, you know, I, I think on each person's individual factors. And, and that's really the the job of, of the sales professional in that industry to, to know what's going to work best. Yeah. For, for where I sit, you know, as a creative agency, as a, uh, you know, B2B, go-to-market, you know, focus, right? And, and uh, B2B SaaS, Ecom, AI. Uh, in these industries, I, I found that because there's such an oversaturation in the channels of, of email, of phones, there's changing behaviors on the buyer side, uh, becoming less receptive to pure cold outreach. You know, yeah. we have a niche here, but but like I said, 
not universal. And then, you know, if you, if you're experienced in your industry, you're going to know what the best option looks like yeah. for you. I, I like that. We've, we've often said that there are no silver bullets and I think that's always going to be true. There's only going to be pragmatism. I've said that pragmatism is the religion of sales. Uh, but what, what you're saying, what I'm hearing, what I'm synthesizing from you is like, this is one of several things that salespeople have the ability to do if they take the time to do it that is outside the box of what the norm does. And that is often what gets you the recognition and maybe earns you the attention that you deserve as a seller to be able to talk to your buyers. Um, I, you know, And again, Chris, I, to answer your question further, I, I believe that sometimes leadership will step in the way of these things. It's okay if they do. You can make this stuff on your own time and impact that client easily with your next touch and prove out that these creative touches work using the data. And when it comes to the collection of that data, Ding, where do you go to get it? How do you like look for these things that you're about to use in the creation of these uh, music videos or these lyrics that you're coming up with? Yeah, so the, I have a two-part answer for this. Uh, one is what my perspective as an outside agency, a third-party vendor, uh, what that looks like, and then two, what my strategy was as you know, in in uh, a rep or or a uh, someone internal at the company. So from the agency side, the most important thing for me is is to just get context from whoever owns the account, whoever has the most amount of touches, activity, context into the account. The person that has had conversations or, or CRM notes, gong recordings, what have you, car recordings, uh, with actual people at the account. Uh, there's no better source of information than something that is direct. Uh, I, I I could look at you know projections and and uh, but really without direct details, it's going to be hard to to make something personalized. And and so for me, that process looks like you know building out the the org structure to know if we're going to personalize by by role and by by individual name. Then you know, it's very important for us to identify who these people are. Yeah. Uh, any quotes, anything they've said, uh, direct information related to the company. And, and, and I think from um, an individual standpoint, like uh, internal, you know, it, it's really a similar process. Uh, but there, typically, you know, you have more of an ability to get on the phone with the customer, with with the prospect, uh, and 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 see what is going to move the needle. I feel like the moment I saw them watch my video, if I created a rap video for somebody, I would have the hardest thing in the world for me not to pick up the phone and call them right afterwards. I'd be like, that see the click notification? I'd be like looking at the clock for the time. I'd be like, it's a four minute clip. I'm going to call them at 1240 and ask them what they think. <laughs> you know what? So, so I, I have a controversial take on that. Okay. I like to let it, I, I, I like to, if I'm really getting the views and it's really working the way that I imagined, uh, the most successful instances, for example, is like we'll, we'll send it through Loom or Vidyard or, or YouTube and we'll get the view tracking. The, the most successful way to do this is, uh, let's say you have a little bit of traction into an, into an account, you know, a couple of the, the stakeholders that are going to have to sign off on this. Sure. Uh, but you're, and you have, you, let's say you have a strong champion advocate on the deal, but they're not, you know, 
at the, to the extent of power and you're trying to build more consensus and awareness within the organization so you can have more next steps for more people. Uh, user championed as the distribution point. Uh, and, and that's why you make assets like this is, is to build consensus and, and awareness, you know, across a larger part of the organization that you haven't been able to access through cold efforts. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is you enable your influencer internally. You give them an asset that, that is personalized and targeted to other key stakeholders on that deal. Uh, and then you're using someone internal as really a hedge and a guarantee that your message will be seen. Uh, I'm sure everyone on this call has, has had an experience where they, they've spent a long time writing a recap email. Right, it's beautiful. You have you have so many facts and and, and figures and numbers and, and and wow, you spent so much time on it. And then you 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 send it through. It gets forwarded, and then right, no one no one looks at it. No one reads it. Uh, That's how it feels. It feels like it just kind of like goes out into the ether, and nothing ever comes back. Uh, and that's it. It's gone forever. I want to uh, circle back to this data point right here. I think you'll you'll find this interesting. It looks like. 68% of our voters believe that they could be better at follow-ups. Uh, and that's a great segue into uh, Anonymous's question. Shout out Anonymous. Thank you for asking. How do you follow up after you send the video? So you send the video, you see they watch it, you even let it marinate a little while because that's your stilo. How, what's the next touch after that? Because if you don't get a response or you don't get something back, I have to have something that comes up the next couple of days, the next yeah. day where I'm like, eh, ah, I did this thing. Do something with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think um, you know there. One, you gotta you gotta send it multiple times, right? You do. It's okay. Open. And so so I mean, part of that is is bump emails, right? To get to to bump the original message back up. Sure. Uh, and and two, you you ideally want to send it through multiple channels, because. At the end of the day, we're, we're asking people, you know, just, just because this is a more effective, it's a more pattern interrupting that doesn't guarantee that everyone's going to open every video that you send them. So, so you want to maximize that chance. And, and what that could look like is it's sent internally in LinkedIn message. It's sent as a link on email, right? And then maybe you, you do a bit of social selling and bumping, uh, you could post the the video on on LinkedIn and tag them. Uh, you can get in their comment sections. I think I've seen you do that before, and that that was pretty effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's a good point, though. I, I would say, you know, that again, that's probably not for everybody. It, it depends on, you know, let's say you have a company that that frowns upon this. I, I probably wouldn't post it on LinkedIn. That's just it, right? Like, I, you know, you have to have that creative liberty in place as a culture, or you've got to do it on your own time and earn it through collecting the data and proving it out. Uh, and that can often be a big challenge for lots of sellers. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, you're going to get a survey after this show that is going to ask you how we did. What'd you think? What did you like to see more of? We want to do things that matter most to you as our audience. Uh, I want to tell you guys about some resources that you can go find and where you can find them. Check us out, sellbetter.xyz. There's actually some stuff up there. It says free snacks on the website. Go get the snacks. There's so much cool stuff in there that you can go and download that will help you sell better, okay? 
sellbetter.xyz on TikTok, sellbetterxyz on YouTube. You can go subscribe to that channel. We will send you all the highlights and greatest takeaways that we can. And of course, reach out to me direct at Say What Sales. Ding, where can people follow you? Where should they go? Why would they go there? Certainly. So I, I am the sales rapper. You can find me at salesrap.io. Uh, we got SKO seasons coming up. Q1 budgets are, are are here. So if you like what you see, if you find this entertaining, hit me up at salesrap.io. Let's find a way to, to collaborate. Event Shark, content creators as a service in B2B, eventshark.io. Everyone is spending mad money on these events and they're walking away with zero content out of it. They got all of their partners, you got all of your customers, your advocates, your subject matter experts, and, and, and the most knowledgeable people on your team, but, but people are not producing content from their events. Why? I don't, I don't know. Learn from, from what Sell Better has been doing. Learn from what the, the partners here at EventShark are doing. Go to eventshark.io, cop a hat. And, ah, that's awesome, man. Well, you know, I'm going to pass you the mic here so that you can take us out. Uh, let me get some responses in the chat. We are going to get this going. He's going to drop a beat. Throw those words that you want to hear rhymed in the chat because Ding is a mastermind when it comes to this shit. We will see you guys next time as we bring you more stellar guests to help you sell better. Drop a beat, Ding. Let's go. Yeah. And we got tough. Oh, and we tough. Yeah, and we got some auto-tune on. Yeah, on my vocals. Hey, I'm using Logic, I'm using Pro Tools. Look, Action Bronson. Uh, shout out to Magic Johnson. If you have a pass, I always assist. Make a call and I'm going down my list. Uh, sell better, no, I trust it. Get some free stacks, golden nuggets. On the site, yeah, bull shakalaka. Uh, shout out to Matthew Halaka. Hey, then in reversals. Hey, Chris is doing negative rehearsals. I was trying to write some entries in my journal. Uh, get it poppin' like some kernels. Hey, and I'm saying what? Let's go, Atrius. Shout out to Dustin. Shout out to Melissa. Juan Santos, here's a shout out I'ma give ya. Hey, spin around like a tornado. External hardware, pipeline, and potato. Look, and I'm ready to sell. Jessica, I know you can sell. And I don't know who I should tell. And you love to sell a while. Shout out Kaylee. And I'm doing freestyles. I'm going crazy. And I'm putting hard work. I'm not lazy. Yeah, you can see me. Sell better, sell better, sell better. Create plus up. We just did a webinar. Thank you for watching the webinar. Thank you for watching the webinar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day, everybody. Go get them. We're in your corner. Go make it happen. Boop, 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 boop.